Packing for crazy town. Packing for crazy town. July 30th, 2017. It's Packing for Crazy Town, episode eight. I'm here with Shauna Holm, shamanic therapist, author, poet. And when we do launch the Shaman's Tech Support, my, um, my co-podist, my co-podling, um, today we just, wanna, we just went for a walk in the woods and uh, like to do a quick ivy drip of ancient wisdom. And um, we sort of met midair on this concept, and Shauna mentioned this quote, I'd love to start with it. Okay, so this quote is by a French philosopher from the early 20th century, Henri Bergson, and he says, quote, fortunately, some are born with spiritual immune systems that sooner or later give rejection to the illusory worldview grafted upon them from birth through social conditioning. They begin sensing that something is amiss and start looking for answers. Inner knowledge and anomalous outer experiences show them a side of reality others are oblivious to and so begins their journey of awakening. Each step of the journey is made by following the heart instead of following the crowd and by choosing knowledge over the veils of ignorance. And so that just blew me away because I have been living the way this guy is uh, speaking to. And I just want to speak first. He talked about inner knowledge and anomalous outer experiences, experiences that essentially deviate from the norm, right? That make, Things that make you go, hmm, what was that? And I pay attention to symbol and metaphor. And I tell the people who are working with me, my clients, look, the mystery is speaking to you every moment of every day. If you can just pull your head out of the spell that you're under, you know, whatever it is, we're worried about something or we're, we're caught up in, you know, whatever, whatever it is, it's construct. Meanwhile, the living world of nature, the living intelligence, as opposed to artificial intelligence, is endeavoring to engage us. And so I have an interesting example of this. I was working with a client who was on retreat with me and this person had experienced uh, just intense trauma when they were around 20 or so. And that, that really hit them hard psychologically and it has made it difficult for them to come into the full expression of, of, of their voice and, and, and this person is actually very accomplished in their own right and yet you know struggles to really put themselves out there and, and uh, certain things they will do they'll sort of undermine themselves even though they know better and all this kind of thing and so they're talking we're talking about this and in that moment I always leave my door open it's a gorgeous day and a hummingbird flies into my house and flies up to the skylight and and then of course you know banging on the glass is like horrible and so I run outside and I grabbed a ladder and I put my ladder on the coffee table and this person held the ladder while I climbed up and clasped the hummingbird there goes a very low flying plane my goodness that's way too low 
But that's crazy. Black helicopters, black matte colored helicopters have a have a way of hovering over Shauna's house. Was that a black helicopter? No, I don't know. It sounded like one. But anyway, uh, I in any case, that was quite I a digression. from government ops on shamanism, but go no, ahead. No, no, no. In any case, uh, where the hell was I? Okay, so you get the hummingbird. So I get the hummingbird. And so I climb back down the ladder and I said to this person, this is what I'm talking about in that this is... This is the, the mystery uh, or, or nature, which I think is really the expression of the great architect, you know, because who would have thought all this stuff up? You know, it's incredible. In any case, I said, you know, life is speaking to you in this moment. This is a message for you. And this little bird flew in and got caught and, and really thought it couldn't get out. And yet the door was wide open. And so it took someone who could see the opening to simply grasp this little bird and show it to the door. And, 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 and then I said, now this is you, sweetie, this is you. You are caught up in a prison of your mind. And so now you're working with me, your mentor, teacher, whatever. And I'm saying to you that this is gonna be you. And I open my hands and that hummingbird flies. And by the way, it just flew to a tree branch that was just a few feet from us. And it looked right at us. And it was tweeting at us as if to say, thank you. Like it didn't just fly and get the hell out of Dodge. It, it, it stuck around, which was, was also sort of, you know, added to the magic of that moment. Now. I can see how, you know, those out there who are cynical are like, oh, you have a big deal, a bird comes out, you're making much ado out of, you know, some random occurrence. We are going to talk about synchronicity here in a moment. And the thing is, what the overly rational mindset does is it makes us sterile. And, and Carl Jung spoke about this, that, you know, there is this whole other living intelligence that we've become disconnected from and, 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 and we've lost ourselves on the way. And so, you know, that was a synchronistic moment that, you know, you could ignore and miss the whole message or you could really see into how the mystery is engaging you. So um, we're packing a go bag for Crazy Town and for myself, you know, I've basically just got the suitcase down and I've opened it up and I'm starting to put things in it. And I said I was going to do six of these. This is the eighth one. So clearly, if you're waiting for me to stop, it's not happening. <laughs> um, synchronicity. Anyone listening to this knows they're coming fast and furious now. So lacking a suitable explanation for synchronicity, I found this one place, on uh, this one... Um, this one video on YouTube, I think it was titled 1111, and it was from a from a, a student of Jung. It was probably done in the 50s. This is sort of a, um, a synopsis of that. So synchronicity is, is about the holy web of other, and it's, it combines a certain readiness from within with an external sign to, ca to cause an explosion of meaning and a breakthrough in consciousness. So it's sin or sin, S-Y-N, which means together, and chronos, which is time. So an internal readiness, an external sign. Um, it's not cause and effect. They happen simultaneously to cause um, this explosion of deep meaning. 
like this, some sort of holy net, what I call this spiritual entourage, which it gives me a lot of comfort to wake up every day and, and know that, um, you know, there's a squad around me ready to go, go, go. If I, if I can be in a place of knowing what I want, knowing, not knowing necessarily what I need, but to be ready. If the clown car pileup era of America is the backstage pass that I'm claiming that it is, then we should be able to snap our fingers and have things align. The way things are right now, if your prayer is surprise me, baby, I mean, it's kind of like careful what you wish for, right? So, so what I'm interested in, in these, these little IV drips with Shauna, um, is, is, is how do we prepare ourselves on a daily basis to take advantage and learn from these little moments? Yeah, well, first of all, you have to you have to know that they they're 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 there. You have to know that that this is a possibility. And so I see this time that we're in as a time of this is where we've got to break the spell because we've been uh as Bergson speaks about we we we've been under this intensified social conditioning and and you can go back and uh you know look at all the behaviorists pavlov and skinner and whatnot you know and it was all about getting people to a place of just unconscious compliance you know and uh one second before you go before you go further down that road yeah i want to go back to the fact that Bergson got into it with Einstein about the nature of time and it wasn't until the the you know the validation of the existence of of the quantum soup that he got some of that respect and love back and then he won the Nobel Peace Prize and or no no Nobel Prize for literature right uh let's see wait I'm just looking him up right now because uh, I, I he was awarded the Nobel Prize in literature quote in recognition of his rich and vitalizing ideas and the brilliant skill with which they have been presented end quote and then in 1930 France awarded him its highest honor the Grand Croix de la Légion d'honneur <laughs> so you know this guy was no slouch clearly um but it, you know I just I just think that that quote is very powerful it is He's essentially speaking to people who are able to break the spell of their conditioning. And so synchronicity is this whole other, what I think of as living intelligence that is always there, mm -hmm. but we're not going to catch it until we sort of wake up from this uh, kind of day-to-day, -day, you know, psychic grind that, that we are in. And then, you know, we're hypnotized by, by everything on the media. And you can play with that because media is medium and a medium is is something through which something can move through like a, like those psychic mediums through which, you know, a spirit can speak through a medium. Right. So in this case, something is coming through the media and we are uh, transfixed or captivated by it. And then a television has channels and a channel is also another word for someone who is you know channels spirits anyway there's just all these very interesting when you start looking at the words you're going what the hell's going on here the thing is if if one wants to just uh just to 
hook themselves into the matrix and just be led down a path. What we're being offered right now from the national crazy, whether it's Reince is out and Spicy's out and Moochie's in and James Kelly's in, put a general as chief of staff and and Trump is outlawing uh, transgender in the military and talking and saying we will use all available force in North Korea. I mean, you can have you can have an IV drip of fear or you can unhook and own this moment. So I'm I'm you know I'm preaching to myself it's it's July 30th 2017 and you know I'm not sure what just happened in July. It, every day is its own ecosystem. <laughs> it's like going to Sedona and they say if you go to Sedona and you're happy, you're going to feel like Mary Poppins. If you're sad, you're going to want to kill yourself. <laughs> because that oh, energy it's, oh cuz well, it's the, so the, exacerbated. Well the vor- well the vortex there you know basically accelerates and amplifies what you're feeling so right now if you can unhook and say you know what it's true absolutely anything is possible right now so okay well let me speak to that because that's interesting when you said so that place you know the place where the energy uh, is is quite intense in a certain way it will amplify what you're feeling well that's quite interesting because you know we are feeling beings and and emotions are uh, you know, they can be, uh, when I think of that expression, tame your dragons, Yeah, that's the emotions that's amazing that we can feel. And boy, you can get really swept up in that and, and you can get in a mess. And also the early behaviorists, and I forget the name of this one guy, he was awful. Uh, he was experimenting on babies. <laughs> one of those but awful he's, guys. Well, There's they're, a lot they're of all those. pretty creepy. All those behaviors, they are. You should take a look at Skinner. You'd be like, ooh. But in any case, <laughs> but this guy was experimenting on babies. And what he found was that people are, it's easier to get them to respond and control them through fear than it is through something very positive. And so when you talk about how you go to a place like Sedona and if you're feeling you know, really bad about yourself, it can be a living hell. And it's just interesting that the narrative through the media, which seems to be a kind of massive spellcaster, is so depressing. It's so fear-based and it keeps people extremely stressed out. And of course they have reason to be because you know, people are in debt up to their eyeballs and, you know, we've got both people in the house working and all they do is work, work, work. And that's the order of the day. And then there's schoolwork and there's homework and there's your workout. And, you know, it's all this, it's like, it's a slave society. And so what is occurring at the same time though, and I think because the pendulum is swung so far to, you know, the, the, the place of just just indescribable imbalance that it has to begin swinging backward and so this is when people are starting to wake up and go you know this is something is very amiss here and and it doesn't seem to me that we were you know designed to work in this way I mean it couldn't be less natural right and so it is becoming more and more important for people to uh, press the off button, uh, push away from uh, their their desk, you know, close the computer or turn off the TV or better yet, throw out your TV. I don't even own one, my goodness, in any case, and start connecting <laughs> to, to something. Yeah, well, I am judgmental <laughs> uh, or a discerning, we'll call it discerning. 
uh, which is essential, especially in times of universal deceit, which is what we're in. You've got to exercise your discernment and figure out what is real and what is an abstraction, right? And so what is real? It's so, it's like we've got to sort of get back to a reclaiming of these seemingly very simple things, and that is human-to-human contact, uh, spending real time with each other, where we're not checking our cell phones for our messages, but you know we're having these face-to-face, heart-to-heart conversations, talking about real stuff, uh, spending time out in nature, moving our body. Oh, how about instead of going out for fast food, we actually make something? Maybe we make a meal together, or or figure out. Okay, you you know, and so we start uh, returning to what it is to eat real food and what is real food instead of what the national crazy tells us to eat. You know, this is why when we were saying earlier how I look to my ancestors and not the New York Times. Yeah. Because our ancestors really had it going on in a lot of really good ways, you know? I mean, yeah, they had their issues, but they were incredibly vital, you know, quite quite healthy and, and very connected to these the sacred very connected to the world of nature and the unseen worlds as well, to their mythology, their gods and goddesses. I wrote my August newsletter, Wisdom Unfolding, on this, uh, called Connecting to uh, Your True Identity. In other words, we're not a corporate hypothecation. We're not a number, you know. We hail all of us from very rich cultures, and that has become very diluted. It's so funny, it cracks me up, all this emphasis on this sort of multiculturalism, but yet they don't teach, I I didn't learn anything about, you know, my my Celtic ancestors, the Scottish and Irish and the, you know, battles that they went through and whatnot and the slavery, the Irish were just horrifically enslaved and, and what they did to the Scots and yada yada. In any case, so rediscovering my own cultural heritage and the beauty of my folk and that instills in you a deeper identity of your roots, of what we hail from, and then reclaiming what we can of that. Related to that, and bringing into the conversation the multidimensional being that you hate. I cryon. don't hate cryon. I don't hate cryon. Okay, I, you know, it's I, the guy who channels and drives me crazy. Well, I don't look at him. I don't look at any of the busy. I only listen to the audio late at night when I wake up. <laughs> okay. And, but... But he's saying, especially old souls. And if you if you clicked on a podcast called Packing for Crazy Town, there's a good chance that you are an old soul. And as an old soul, you've spent lifetimes getting punched in the face. It's like our Akashic record. It's kind of like the the statute of limitations has has come up on that. And it's now, it's kind of like, it's all that knowledge is coming back to us, like a reminder of how, what badasses we, we are and were and are now. That's not a very articulate way to say, but in, in combination with, with, with consciously reaching back into our ancestry and consciously creating altars and calling in our spiritual entourage, at the same time, you know, being open to that which is, is freely available. And it kind of falls into the category of, what if? I mean, my mother thinks that when you die, your $7 worth of chemicals that go back into the ground and you live on in other people's memories. That's it. There's no afterlife. There's a blink of an eye and it goes dark. So I'm not going to be able to change her mind. But for me, I know it, it is what I make it. So 
if we're going to pack, if we're going to put a few items in our go bag for Crazy Town, right now, August is literally around the corner. It's it's true. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen on August eighth, August thirteenth, August twenty eighth. So how to prepare for how to be ready every day. If every day is its own ecosystem, you wake up, hopefully you had a good night's sleep, you have time to meditate, you eat well and you exercise, so you put yourself in a, in a place to be able to pay attention to the signs, especially with August, like in five element theory, it's the time of late, late summer and thoughtful tending and, you know, like you said, breaking bread and celebrating. Let's celebrate these times because I'm pretty sure, quote unquote, all hell is going to be breaking loose in the national crazy. Probably by Thanksgiving, I predict that Trump won't be president anymore. That enough shit is going to hit the fan that um, that there's going to be big changes, whether it's a construct or not, whether it really affects us or not. I don't know. But having a Shauna on speed dial, if you don't, this podcast is the next best thing. So Shauna, take us out with set me up for August with some things I can do specifically. Okay, well, first of all, all right, I just want to repeat the last line of of Henri Bergson's quote here where he says, each step of the journey is made by following the heart instead of following the crowd, which we could substitute national crazy for crowd, and by choosing knowledge over the veils of ignorance. And so... Something that I also always tell my my clients, the collective is always misguided, thus the ancient expression for those with eyes to see and ears to hear, which would indicate that the rest of the folks don't have eyes to see and ears to hear. So first of all, uh, realize that and and stop uh, trying to measure up to whatever it is we're told we're supposed to be in this completely dysfunctional um, and deplorable uh, uh, system in which we find ourselves. So let that stuff go and uh, seek, so he says, seek knowledge instead of, you know, falling under the, the ignorance of the masses. And so, you know, rather than reading People Magazine or even the New York Times, or, you know, or, you know, Twitter. Or Twitter, oh my lord. Yeah, yeah, all of this is, it's really garbage in, garbage out, right? And so, uh, you know, learn something new. Uh, Perhaps even, you can go on what I call University of YouTube and learn so much. And so I'm actually now, I just started studying uh, Latin on YouTube. There's a great guy, Dwayne Thompson, who teaches Latin. And, And that's fascinating because it's helping me to have a better grasp of language itself. Uh, There's also, you can listen to uh, people teaching on logic because, you know, people are not speaking and thinking even logically. It's so insane out there, you know. So in other words, start giving yourself that second education. There's that quote that I love, every man has two educations, the first he's given. That's mostly, that is your indoctrination and propaganda and all that stuff. And then Every man has two educations. The first he's given, the second more important he gives to himself. And so so cultivate a love, a desire for true knowledge. And so seek that through the, you know, essentially what are they not teaching you? <laughs> so go learn that. 
and, 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 and then, you know, you will restore yourself. Okay, and one last thing. If, okay, the importance of an altar. You have a beautiful altar. Mine comes and goes. I'm going to go home and reset it for August. So talk to me about... Um, okay, okay, so, so beauty is something else that I see fast disappearing in this insane culture we're in. And so I am all about cultivating beauty. Now, every temple and church has an altar. And so there has to be a reason for that, for that, right? They wouldn't just do that for no good reason. And so an altar, first of all, is an accelerator. Energy flows where attention goes. And so you create a space and you put objects of meaning in that space and they'll create a kind of field or frequency or, or you'll just sort of sense something when, when you're near it. It will stir something in you. And so people create altars for all manner of different things. Uh, and so for me, I have a little altar in my living room, and it speaks to the beauty of, of nature and the beauty of the uh, medicine allies that I work with, which are the owl and the honeybee. And so, you know, there's some, you know, objects of that and then I all, always have a, a beautiful orchid there and it's just it's and it's just very beautiful and it, it carries a quality and so if for instance you know altars can also be used if you're trying to uh, if you want okay for instance my my Nova Scotia farmhouse that I want I haven't actually done an altar for this done other things but perhaps you know you create an altar where there are are photographs of Nova Scotia and certain farmhouses or gardens or just whatever pertaining to that or some driftwood or whatever you know and 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 but that would you'd see it it reminds you of that so that it keeps it in mind because the mind is the wand and what we focus on we create which is why there was that uh, saying I mentioned earlier about how worry is a prayer for it to happen and and that made me really readdress the way that <laughs> I think and stop worrying so much, you know? And why would someone say worry is a prayer for it to happen? They, they are clearly speaking to the fact that what we focus on, we can often bring it to us. And so be very careful what you think. And then beyond that, being careful what you speak as well, because every time we speak, that's vibration. And so we're making a declaration. And so the altar is, is you're, you're essentially creating a, a, a visual 3D declaration of what it is you are, you know, you want to focus on. So it uh, can be a very effective and also very beautiful way of, of cultivating something that you want to bring more into your life. All right, so it's July 30th. Um, we'll be back at some point in the near future. I'm going to talk to Diane Connolly again. Um, Yay! Because something that she said has been rattling around in my head that everything is on the way, not in the way. And these days, there can certainly be things that seem like they're in the way. <laughs> and I want to know, like, let's get some medicine words for, uh, you know, getting our mind in the right place um, to rewrite our script and refuel and refine our personal spaceships and zip around this quantum soup because... 
Yeah, because we're packing for crazy town. <laughs> packing for crazy town. Packing for crazy town. You can find Shauna at shaunahome.com, S-H-O-N-A-G-H-H-O-M-E.com. There's a picture of Shauna's altar on packing for crazy town and there's also going to be a little short video I made of me messing with a Microsoft security robot in the parking lot in Silicon Valley last week, which basically uh, sums up my July. Okay. Goodbye. Love you, man.